Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to my world. And of course we couldn't do it without the hall of famer, your friend and mine, double J Jeff Jarrett, Jeff, how are you, man? Oh, Conrad Thompson. I am wound up today. No, excited to be here. It's summertime. My favorite holiday just passed. You're just fresh back from the beach. The lake's looking really good today. I Ooh. love ask Jeff anything, uh, cause you're going to hit me with a thousand different questions that, yes. uh, Full disclosure, I have not read a one of them. A little busy these days. We got back from Edmonton and a lot of traveling. And you spent more time in Canada this yeah. month in the last 30 days. I mean, then you probably have in a long, long time, right? I mean, just back and forth, Canada, 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 Canada. Chris Jericho on Rampage, he was just talking about Canada loves Double J. I don't know if you heard that chant. Did you hear that chant, Conrad? Of course I did. We won't Jarrett. No, we don't. We won't Jarrett. All timer. My favorite is as you're making your entrance. Uh, I guess we should give everybody a heads up. We're recording on Saturday morning, the night after Rampage. And on your way to the ring, I got a tweet from somebody. I'll find it in a minute. I love that Jeff Jarrett now comes to the ring with 37 people. <laughs> yeah. And when you're over, you're over. Everybody wants to ride those coattails and Lord knows they're big ones. And oh. we're going to be riding them into, uh, the Calgary stampede this weekend. I can't believe that's a real thing. Uh, but we've got collision, uh, in Regina tonight. As folks are listening to this, I'm sure that's in the rear view mirror and, but Calgary, man, Saskatoon's Wednesday, down yep. Saskatoon. Uh, we've got Boston blood and guts. Of course we've got Wembley Conrad. I hope to see you on August 16th. Do you know what August 16th is? What is August 16th? It's Wednesday. I believe Bridgestone arena. Oh, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Like, I think, uh, the following Tuesday, you and I are going to be in Denver. We, 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 how about that? We're hanging out a lot in August. I'm looking forward to that. And you know, a lot of FaceTime, as we say, I can't believe this is a real thing, but, uh, man, we're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to have fun at Starcast. Mm. Bracelets are on sale. Now it's going to be hey, AEW heavy. Uh, if you haven't already make your plans to stay in the Starcast hotel, that's where all the events are going down. It's going to be happening on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We've got some pretty, pretty, pretty cool things up our sleeves that we're going to be announcing. Uh, a little bit of a shorter runway than we normally have, but still, if you're going to be there for all out, make sure you're a part of Starcast. I think it's the most fun a wrestling fan can have over the course of a weekend. Jeff, you've been in almost all of the Starcasts and the OG one at the Hyatt Regency in Schaumburg, Illinois, just on the outskirts of Chicago. 
that was something else. And we're coming home, Jeff. This should be fun. No, I, you know what? I was just sitting there when uh, the graphic came up, it's got that Roman numeral V the fifth, fifth. So that's a six. That's a six over there. You killed my, my father-in-law at five. Oh my gosh. I, it's been six years since I was well, it's been five out. years, but yeah. Okay. But still I, the Starcast one, I remember the, the, yeah, I was, you know, it was the fight kind of intro and, and yes. had the, the, the power pack and shooting stuff on the fly and all the stage shows. And I remember going into the, um, what do we call that? The back tent? Is it called the tenor? The secondary yeah, stage? Second stage. Yeah. It, it, Bruce and Eric were doing a, a we'll call it a, a WWE WCW. It was a Monday night war debate. I was moderating. Okay. The Conrad. And I, I just remember saying, this is like a wrestling show. It is. People were popping. I, I hate to use that term, but screaming, hollering, but it was back and forth, back and forth. The excitement in it was, um, dare I say real Conrad, because the, 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 the jabs and the barbs thrown at each other, uh, were real. Uh, there were some live wires. There were some haymakers. Uh, but no, that's you know, Starcast has that kind of vibe. People get in there and God rest his soul, D dub Don West. Uh, but so many memories of, of the Starcast because if you are a wrestling fan holiday weekend, Chicago, my God, how many flights do they have in and out of there? It is such a destination, and we're going to be coming off the heels of Wembley. I oh. think this year is going to be more special than ever. Uh, it's going to be Wednesday night, uh, Dynamite uh, out of Hoffman States, if I have this right. Uh, Saturday, Collision, right? Sunday, mm -hmm. Pay-Per-View, both at the United Center. Uh, it's just going to be a very cool weekend. And uh, you're right. I, I laid to rest your father-in-law last year. So Starcast, <laughs> Starcast has a special place in my heart in so many ways. But no, it, I, I'm fired up. And uh, I hear the green room is going to be very nice. Is that true? Uh, the green room is going to be nicer than ever. We're going to have a lot of fun. Make plans to join us. S-T-A-R-R-C-A-S-T.com. Uh, you want to be at the Hyatt Regency in Schaumburg, Illinois. We've got a special hotel link up there. You want to make sure that you're part of. It's going to be a lot of fun, boys and girls, and I look Cassio forward to seeing you all there. there. Cassio is going to be there. Yeah, yeah. I, and here's a rumor, Jeff. The rumor is there's going to be some packages that are available where you can actually buy tickets to All Out before they're officially on sale. No. So, what? That doesn't surprise me. Of course the Podfot is going to have packaged up tickets, and I, I, I bet they're, uh, as we say, Back home, they're they're pretty good seats. Pretty. Uh, they're the pick of the litter. Uh, <laughs> S T A R R C A S T dot com. If you want a great seat to all out and make your uh, your wrestling trip a real destination, like make a weekend out of it. Not just the one show, but panel discussions with some of your favorite AEW wrestlers, some exclusive AEW merch, and of course, lots of legends. Jeff, I don't want to give a spoiler on the show, but I've got um, <clears throat> some special plans for some folks that have never spoken publicly before i'll tell you about afterwards off air wow but let's just say that uh it's stanford related how's that sound folks who'd never spoke before hmm. some secrets stanford now that's that town on i-95 just north of the new york city yeah you can actually see the water from up there oh you knew that yeah 
Stanford. If you get high enough in a certain building, you get a you get a great view. Yep. Over yep. the sound. And uh well, there'll be people who've been in that office many, many times telling some stories. S T A R R C A S T dot com. Brace up they're on sale now. Would you call this the old office or the new office? This is the old office. Oh, okay. Yeah. This I don't can you see the water from the new one? No. Have you seen what they're building out in front of the new office? It's gonna be like a giant belt. Love it. Huge, huge. And I hear when you walk in in the lobby, just floor to ceiling, just a bunch of belts. I don't know who would be into that sort of thing, but I was going to say, you're, you're all about the belts, my man. Yes, I am. I love them. And I love picking your brain. Uh, it's easy to find double J on tour at EWTIX.com. Uh, Jeff, we just recorded, uh, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. He was uh, a little late. He was a little tardy for the party working on SmackDown, but we got it in the can this morning. And as we were talking about the bill, the King of the ring 95, did you know when you wrestled the undertaker and a King of the ring qualifier on the March to King of the ring, 1995, it was you and the undertaker and a King of the ring tournament match headlining Monday night raw. Did you know at that time, way back when in 1995, you popped the highest rating in Monday night raw history. Kind of rad. I don't believe I've ever shared this story with you. Let's hear it. It was Memorial day weekend, right? Yep. And I was me and Mark, uh, you know, he came through Tennessee, um, obviously. So what was that? 90, whatever it may be. So, you know, we, uh, I started, I guess we, he maybe have started, but irregardless, he was Texas. We went out to Texas. We brought him to Tennessee. I say, we, me and my, you know, my father really did the family, but he came work here. Then, you know, then he went off WCW and then the taker and it took off and blah, 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 blah. but by 95, he's a mega, mega star. Yeah. And me and Brian had been put together. We're like month three, month four, but it was one of those deals. Percy Pringle. Um, oh God, J- just so much fun. But, you know, Percy with Mark at that time, a babyface manager, you know, he sometimes, you know, his role had to be non-existent in a lot of ways once the match started. Just that's just the nature of the beast. Well, with Brian out there, he couldn't wait. and We laughed and cut up and then the match and, uh, you know, we were excited and I thought we had a hell of a TV match uh, f- for that era and exciting all that. but you know, this is such the early days of the ratings, but I'll never, ever forget coming home. I don't know. I'd been out, I'd ride back in Nashville. I'd, I'd been out and, and, uh, the show aired cause we'd filmed it. What, uh, you know, it wasn't live. We'd filmed it, was like it two or three weeks prior. Yeah. 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 We'd filmed it, but I was home and I'd come back in from somewhere and back in the answer machine days, this is mm. free cell phone. And you know, you have remember when the answer machine would like, beep once for one message, voicemail, beep twice, you know, like, and all of a sudden my phone, you know, have several things. So customary, I'd get up my pad and paper and be ready to take messages. And the chairman left me a voicemail congratulating uh, me and Mark on on the number. And he kind of gave the stats and all that kind of stuff. So not only do I remember that number, I was like, hell yes, we are. We're on the right track. Uh, but yeah, so what was the stat? It was the, it, it broke a record at the time because it was over a three, correct? 3.9 rating at the time was the highest in Monday night raw history. And of course it was 
you and the undertaker on top. But when I saw that, I was like, dude, how cool is that? Like even way back when in 1995, when you I mean, were, you were channels, I mean, switching channels. No, that's before Monday nitro nitro didn't start until that August. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the human oh, oh, yeah. machine. You personally, I wasn't I even watching. Out. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I didn't watch wrestling in 93, 94, or 95. Not okay. one day. Okay. I so was a totally lapsed fan. But here's I what Vince, I didn't even have heat with you in 95. No. I mean, okay. when they when you debuted, I wasn't even watching. So <laughs> I, I mean, I've gone back and learned all this. But serious business, after SummerSlam 92, I was kind of done. Okay. I, and I was out. But anyway, serious business. People are out running around acting like they're shocked in 2023 when you have the highest rated segment on dynamite or rampage that it's not Kenny Omega or the elite or, or CM Punk or MJF it's Jeff Jarrett. Well, guess what? It was in 1995 too. slap nuts. <laughs> Wasn't Hulk Hogan that popped that number. He'd been on Monday night raw. Wasn't Ric Flair. Hell he lost a loser leaves town. Well, they all changed the damn channel, but they tuned in for double J That's J E double F J A double R E double T them ratings 3.9. Good for you, dude. That's an all-time record back then. That's a pretty cool stat. And, you know, I saved that voicemail for a long time. Anyway, but what was kind I of wish cool. you had it now. I'd love to play it. Oh, gosh. You ain't kidding. Can you imagine? I would love it, too. Um, holiday. Yeah. There's no reason to be watch home watching wrestling none. on holiday night. I mean, yeah. None. That was kind of the staggering thing that in later conversations, follow-up conversations, Vince was like, pal, you know, holiday. Uh, so yeah, yeah it was, um, you know, way back when, when the, when, uh, raw was filmed, what three, one hour shows at a time or something like that. I bet that did that surprise Bruce or did he, he didn't remember that. Did he? There's some, no, he remembered. Here's what's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that you have been that hateable that long. <laughs> like, Cause you can, you can split hairs on it. Did they really want to see the undertaker? Did they really want to see Jeff Jarrett or more accurately? Did they really want to, and this is what I think of this. Did they really want to see the undertaker kill Jeff Jarrett? And the answer is, yeah, it's gotta be that one. <laughs> yeah. but dude, I just love that so much. And it's a cool little feather in the cap. You know, people have been hating my ass more than anybody <laughs> else. since <laughs> 1995. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Like imagine if you were like in school, you know, here's most likely to succeed. Here's the most popular. And then there's the most hated and it's just Jeff Jarrett, just not even mean mugging. Just like, don't you hate my ass? And it's just it's amazing. Uh, you found a way to monetize having a punchable face. Hey, Conrad, we put out on flashback Friday this week on my world flashback Friday, a picture of, uh, the one year I played college basketball and went off and did the rest of the thing, but it was the baseball and the basketball team combined. And I think. Marcus put on there. Can you find Jeff? And there was another blonde headed guy who was like six, four, much taller. But anyway, uh, I think coach Rosie picked him out. But when I saw my picture, I go, God almighty. I just want to slap the taste out of that guy's mouth right now. There it is. Conrad bottom left. That's amazing. <laughs> it, I mean, what, a, what, a, what a career, what a life and what a story. And we're going to tell a lot of it today because we're doing ask Jeff anything. It's one of Jeff and I's favorite formats. We throw oh, you guys the keys to the show and we basically pull a Cody Rhodes and we say, what do you want to talk about? Uh, so let's jump to it. Uh, Chip Maxey says, what was Jeff's favorite angle? His dad created from the Memphis days. Did you have a favorite angle that your dad did? 
Oh, God. see, this is the this is when I wish Conrad I would have time to kind of think through all this. Well, this and, is also tough. Like you have one that that you always think, man, if that was on tonight, I'd watch it. Andy Kaufman. There you go. I, I mean, and, and getting to do Tales of the Territory and hear Jimmy Hart and Lawler and Dutch that were all intricately involved, but just kind of the nature of it, the Bill Watts phone call that came afterwards. Um, the Obviously, the, to, to me, a lot of people, all oh, the David Letterman show and the stats that come out of that, and they used to call it the wrestling episode and how it kind of put a rocket booster. People don't even believe that today. Yes, it was uh, important to David Letterman's late night talk show in the early days and how early it was, but just kind of how that evolved and developed. I could talk about just, just kind of to me in a lot of ways, if we just had a little of that kind of stuff today, and I'm not saying, look, Kaufman's a unique talent, but that, that that's up there with one of my favorites, the Lawler Dutch baby face angle, uh, Jeff, I almost think that, you know, we do have stuff like that, but now because it's been done, it doesn't feel as special, yeah. like as big of a star. And boy, I know a lot of people who, who don't like him are going to get upset when I say this, but as big of a star as Andy Kaufman was back then, celebrities, a funny thing because he was a big star here in America and certainly where, where taxi was syndicated, but it was just a different time as far as how people consumed, you know, entertainment. Logan Paul is a much bigger star globally than Andy Kaufman was. And he is a regular active participant in WWE programming, but I don't know that that ever would have been possible. Had someone not for lack of a better word, paved the way in the Andy Kaufman thing, because it was so new and so different and had never been done before. I think that's what makes it resonate more than everything that came after. But like, Look at what Bad Bunny has done. I mean, Bad Bunny's probably the biggest star in the world right now, especially in music besides Taylor Swift, maybe. Uh, but when he's factor in world, yeah, maybe it is Bad Bunny. But yes. my goodness, like the the idea that none of that might have ever happened had one promoter not taken a chance one time, and it was your dad and Andy Kaufman. How cool is and, that? And kind of how it all went out. I mean, fate, timing. Andy Kaufman was literally in Vince Senior's lap. Yeah. And, and, and they, they said no. And your dad saw it and your dad took the, uh, and, and I think this is something that I know your dad probably handed down to you, even though you never gave him credit for it. But <laughs> or as far as I know, uh, I mean, as far, cause you, you've said my grandmother used to always say, but I always attribute this quote to you. Creative is subjective. So I think your dad knew, well, shit, I got to come up with 52 different main events every single week. So why not try one? If it don't work, we'll do something different next week. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I can't tell you how many times this is the summer or two before I, I broke in. And then the, the first couple of years in those car rides, when mole man would be kind of just riffing and throwing things out there. And I would never say it, but I would think, that is the dumbest stuff in the world. What right. the heck is he talking about? He's going to say this, this, and this, and this, and all this, and this doesn't make any sense. And, but what he was really doing was he had a vision 
and he knew Lawler could tell the story and it it's what it's what creative people do. They take something and put the ingredients together. And the next thing, you know, wow, you got a creative angle here. He, he, yes, he, he had that knack, but, uh, yeah, the Kaufman thing, you just kind of think of how the dominoes fell that, uh, and what it turned out to be and, and just kind of rolling along through the years. So, yeah, man, Conrad, we've got one question. We could talk <laughs> 15. I'm good yeah. No, here's, here's one that's going to get your, your, uh, your gears turning. Dylan wants to know who from the current era does Jeff think has the mind for the wrestling business that could start their own promotion today, like Jeff did back then with TNA and Global. Is there somebody out there who you think, hey, maybe this guy could pull together this and that and pull it off like you did once before? I think experience at 35 years of age, I had a cumulative. I was on the end of the territory. I, I've been just blessed in a lot of ways into the territories, you know, from 10, 11, 12 years old, whether it's Lawler, Dundee, the, whoever the wrestlers, wh whatever it may be. So all that. So kind of, I think you got to have kind of a vision for it. But the most of all, you got to have a passion. Who who would really want to do this? I think you got to have a loose screw or two. Um, but that it really thinks through things and wants to do it. MJF. Mm. I, I'm 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 literally trying to think of. Cause did they say a young guy you want to know? No, who? no, no, they didn't say, I don't think that necessarily even mean necessarily a wrestler. Oh, okay. Like it could be a promoter. I reckon. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, I mean, yeah, we could go with a wrestler. Is there somebody besides MJF that you think, Hey, this guy could do it. Start a promotion. Yeah. Just do the whole thing. I have to stay in the wrestling business because I think there's there's other folks out there. You know, I mean that's that is a really that's another one that I'd need to 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 percolate on that you just kind of have to dive in. I'm thinking WWE folks as well. Um, you know, you you got to want to do this and you got to kind of eat, breathe, sleep it. Uh, have a vision for creating the content. Um. Sanjay's got a, a well-rounded skill set. Mm, that's a good one. He, he, I mean, he's got a well-rounded skill set. He's actually, you know, been in the ring, and I'm not saying that's end-all, be-all, but, um, you know, an understanding uh, of TV, an understanding of ring work, an understanding of producing, uh, kind of on the business side, you don't really learn that until you dive in head first and have some guidance. I don't know, man. That's a good question. That's Dylan. Shout out. Good question. Let's do another one here. Uh, this one comes to us from, uh, Dwayne James. What are one is he says, what is your favorite business philosophy? But I know you'll have trouble pinning that down. Give us one of your favorite business philosophy. So it doesn't have to be your very favorite. Just one of shoot. I'd like to ask you that first. What is one of yours? Got one Conrad? Well, I think in sales, I say this all the time. You got to be easy to buy from. Okay. Like, I think that's really, really important. 
Um, whether you're talking about like some of my favorite billboards, I think people overthink billboards. You know, I like to pay attention to advertising a lot. I've made my money in that world for a long, long time. And, um, the worst billboards are when it's like a realtor who wants their photo up there and it's got their phone number and their address and their company logo. And then like the key to your dream home or something corny, the best billboard it's just like a giant red board and it's got a big Mac right in the center and in big yellow letters, it says next exit. Like, all right, I know what it is. That's a big Mac. That means it's McDonald's and that's the next exit to get to it. Like it's clear. It's concise. I got it. So, so like when I see some businesses run a promotion and they're like, put their address, but they don't put their website or their social handle or a right. call to action or it's just like, okay, so you wanted your picture on a billboard. That's cool. But like, nobody's going to buy from you. You got to be easy to buy from. And I think that's probably one of mine in business. I, okay. So I, I concise that down, confuse them. You lose them. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I, I just think, you know, in our business, when you see a graphic, just keep it simple. Stupid. Yeah. I mean, just day, date and time. And 50 talent or 30 talent or 20 talent who who and what am i buying is that a match is that about a role think about the indie posters we've seen there's even been really fun social media posts over the years Uh, there may even be a fun handle somewhere like bad indie posters where it just shows like 40 guys but when there's 40 to your point when there's 40 guys i'm not looking at anything you can't you can't and you don't And so what we're trying to do there is we're trying to cater to the talent who aren't buying tickets, who aren't giving you any money, but they want to say I'm on the poster as opposed to who's, who's the real draw here. And we have the data now to know who sells tickets. We have the data to know who sells merch. We have the data to know who pops a rating. So that should be front and center. And what we push, maybe not here's 40 guys on a poster. Uh, because you see that a lot with indie promotions. Like here's everybody who's here. Well, I don't have to know all that. Tell me about the big stars and the big match. And then everything else is it's like last year when I was trying to load up the card for Ric Flair's last match, you were like, Conrad, just put him on it. It's Ric Flair and others. (laughs) How many times did did I say that every every week before I was going to be a part of the match and after it's Ric Flair and others. It's Rick. Well, it's Ric Flair's last match. Yes. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Brilliant one who got the website. I mean, you know, the, the URL it's, it, it really is. So business lesson, by the way, that was funny. That applies to what we're talking about here from a business standpoint. When I told Mike Weber, he goes, man, I really like that idea. That's a great plan. What are you going to call it? And I said, Ric Flair's last match. He goes, yeah, but I'm talking about the show name. Like (laughs) you're you're called like the final countdown, the last collision, the last collide, the you know, the last rodeo, I was like, no, no, it's Ric Flair's last match. He goes, Conrad, I know that, but like, like, what are we calling the show? Ric Flair's last match. We're calling it Ric Flair's last match. Yeah. So that's the website. Yeah. I got Ric Flair's last match.com. But now what are we calling the show on fight? Like if I'm scrolling through, I said, we're putting it on regular pay-per-view too. Right, Mike? He goes, well, yeah. I said, well, if I'm a, ca- a casual non-fan, a lapsed fan, and I'm flipping through and it's like, all right, do I want to watch this pay-per-view movie or do I want to watch that pay-per-view movie? And then there's that line item on DirecTV. 
and it says the final countdown or something. Nobody knows what that is. Hang on one second. I'm going to show you something. Hang on. Yeah. But if it says Ric Flair's last match, everybody knows what that is. So Mike laughed and said, okay, I like it. Just hit him over the head with it. I can't wait to see what you got to show us here. <laughs> so it's show and tell. I love, that's why I love ask you anything. So, uh, the last convention, where was I was going to anyway, I've got pictures of me in the hall of fame, just four, five, six pictures that the vendor had and all this kind of stuff. And I was coming from my baseball duties and had a stack of pictures anyway, go on the table and everything. And so whatever I, they put out six, maybe, uh, pictures, all this, this is the one that sold out the quickest. I mean, boom, 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 boom. I have an idea what picture it is. Do you? Yeah. I'm ready to see it. Show everybody. And by the way, I hope you're watching my world on youtube.com. There it is. Jeff Jarrett strutting ass. And look at that turnbuckle in the back. That's what I was going to say. Do you see the turnbuckle? Yep. Rick Flair's last match. There's the Springfield lucky horseshoes logo. I just wanted to get that in there. It's very simple. Jeff strutting and Rick Flair's last match. So by the way, uh, what do you think of the white ropes? I got a lot of heat from production people said it would look terrible, but I was like, well, that's what I want. So that's what we're going to do. do I need <laughs> anything else? It looks it pops, doesn't it? It looks cool. So there's a shot of, uh, the end zone shot or whatever you want to call yes. it. I know what you, I know, you know, and folks that are just listening to audio, I apologize for doing some video stuff today. Oh no. The take your ass over to YouTube. MyWorldOnYouTube.com. <laughs> But no, that, that shot kind of showed that it looked like a stage. Yes. The ring was flares. You know, it, 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 I thought it was just so cool that down to his robe, his tights, even his ring and turnbuckle pads were all catered around what he was wearing to the ring that night. And I thought that was, you know, that's what I was looking for. And I know people are like, well, it won't look as good on TV. I hear you, but like, it's more important that we're on brand. Like the chairs that fans sat in look like his robe and you know, let's, let's do it up. So there you go. Be easy to buy from and uh, you confuse them. Yeah. I mean, that is the, we could go on and on about that one. Maybe we do a podcast one day like this. That'd be fun. I mean, I know some of the people who don't like us would listen. Uh, and Hey, that'd be fun. Um, Valerie Coleman is not somebody who normally hits us with questions. So I want to give her a shout out because she has an adorable picture attached. The Cody boys are ready. Oh, teaming with you for the trios championships. It's a great photo of you and the Cody boys. And of course your man coached her. Uh, there's three of them right there. The three Cody boys, if you will, that's pretty fun. I, you, I'll, I'll tell it, listeners the, the, the cool story. Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Do you okay. know how this all kind of went down? I don't. So, uh, last summer when I, you know, took my, uh, summer internship, if you will. Yes. The, there they are. This was, I had dr driven up. This is the, I think it was, I started in May. I'm not sure what this date was. If you want to Google Cape Girardeau, WWE 2022. Uh, it's a, it's a May date. Uh, I'm pretty sure, but I wanted to get out and, and see the shows in my, uh, what is that SVP live events? Anyway, I wanted to get out and see the shows. Um, 
And so, uh, not just Raw and SmackDown. I wanted to go to a live, go to a live event loop. And so, me and Karen got in the car uh, with the coat, and we drove over to Cape Girardeau. Well, we walk in the hotel to check in, and all of a sudden, uh, there is a family, and there they are, and they are headed to the show. Well, I believe this is the weekend that Cody got hurt. And so the boys, God bless them. Uh, you know, they were going to be devastated that their hero was not going to be at the event. Uh, but I said, Hey, we're going to figure something out. And they got over to the show and security. And th there was a, a bunch of things involved. I think I text Cody, the picture, uh, I then Cody, obviously, being the pro champ that he is, he took it and ran with it and got him swag and he wasn't even at the show. But anyway, uh, th they have formed a relationship. They've actually been to Atlanta and the wrestling school and everything that went goes with it. But um, they came to a AEW event not long ago. And as all kids do, man, they grow up fast. But yes, I'm up for it. Let's get the trios championships. Um, heck, let's go to Mexico and get, uh, get a any kind of trio championship. But uh, yeah. That's the story. Um, that picture is so cool. They are huge Cody Rhodes fans. That's awesome to see. Uh, Mitchell says, Jeffrey, across your stints with the three major promotions you've wrestled for, being WWE, WCW, and TNA, which do you think captures your best matches as a performer? I always let armchair quarterbacks do that, but out of those three, So we're saying uh, matches, by the way. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it in reverse. Uh, TNA late would be Kurt Angle. TNA early would be AJ Styles. WCW, the second go around. Me and DDP ha had a couple of good ones. You um, and Booker were pretty good. I was going to say that. Uh, the, yeah. Booker and DDP, WWF, um, Sean, without question. That's the first run. I was going to go the second run, but you know, not to cloud it, but yeah, Sean razor, um, Brett. Yep. That's at the very early. Yep. Yeah. That's it. If you had, if you were going to sit down and, and let's say, um, let's fast forward. And we're going to talk about 30 years from now and Cody is going to show his grandson oh, some God. matches from Jeff. You're going to, and, and he's going to say, this is who my dad was obviously besides Kurt, but who would, what three matches would you want him to show you and Sean in your house, right? That goes us me and Sean in your house. What will the other two be? got to be one of me and Kurt. Do you have a, a particular favorite? The one in Charlotte. He liked to kill me, drop me off the stage, but no, that was, that was very, uh, dramatic. The one in Chicago with Mick as a special referee, that probably me, me, Kurt Chicago with Mick as special referee. Kurt is so damn good. His timing and just kind of 
laying everything out. That's that, that would have to be in there. I'm trying to think if I'm going to show and that's a destination X 2009. So we got you and Sean in your house, destination X 2009. What's one more. Okay. And I think it, I know it exists somewhere the, the tag match of me and Sean and Rody outside the ring against Scott and Kevin. I, I I thought you were going to get there. The the click match, if you will. <laughs> 35, 40 minutes of pardon the pun, total nonstop action. Mm-hmm. But just everybody knew their role so well. The false tags, the false finishes, the entrances were all laid out. It was just really, really uh, a well put together. And that was at a time that me and Scott, had had a bunch of singles matches. Of course, me and Sean had had singles matches. I had single matches with Kevin. Uh, so the four of us had worked so much together. Brian, uh, maybe the most talented of all of us <laughs> as far as char- charisma, and he's outside the ring. Um, that 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 I thought that was a a really really good tag match. Um, yeah. I mean, you said a minute ago, uh, total nonstop action. It made me think of something I forgot to tell you. Two weeks ago, we were talking about um, something from way back when. And I just, you know, curiosity killed the cat. I looked it up. Totalnonstopaction.com was available. So we bought it. So it's going to point to the uh, My World YouTube. But somebody didn't renew totalnonstopaction.com. So now it points to your YouTube. How about that? You're kidding me. No, it was just available. And I, I mean, I had $6, so I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'd love to see your GoDaddy account. That is, oh, awesome. it's thousands of dollars per month. That's awesome. I've got over 3000 domains. I think that's well, uh, it's real estate next exit. Yeah. Stop there you go. Now, <laughs> dude, I, I got to tell you one that I negotiated on earlier this year that I was convinced was a home run and I got cold feet and didn't pull the trigger, but it would have been several thousand dollars, but I was like, long-term it's can't miss. And then I got talked out of it. I'll tell you what it is off air though. Hey, the, the other thing that the, the, uh, the simplicity of the crispy keen, crispy creams hot now they lie to sign up and people pull over bingo. It's crazy when you think, well, I'm not pulling in the, oh, the sign's in. We got to go. <laughs> Conrad, that's what I was about to give the analogy. Oh, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's different. Yeah, but it's, if that flashing sign wasn't going on, I'm no way am I going to eat a cold donut. What? You know what I thought about for a long time is like, why don't other people, like to me, if I was McDonald's, because everybody who's ever had McDonald's has had hot fries and then they've had the ones that have been sitting for a while. I think I would just make them turn that on whenever you do a new batch. Like I, I'm surprised more businesses don't adopt that because just, the Krispy Kreme thing. And the first time I'll be honest, I didn't even know that was a thing until I was watching hard knocks and Herm Edwards, well, they were following him around on HBO and he talked about donuts and he starts talking about, it's got to say hot now. It's got, and I was like, wait a minute. Okay. Now I get that. And then it became a thing. I heard people talking about it and I'm sure it had been this whole time, but it wasn't on my radar, but it's like, dude, if that's all it is, Hey, our stuff's better than it normally is right now. When you just self-admit this is better than normal. People are like, Oh shit. I'm in. Well, think about ticket sales. Yeah. 
oh, oh, no, this seat right here. I mean, you can package it up. I mean, yes, value. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Well, when I think of value, and I think you think the same way as I do, there's no better value when it comes to food delivery at home than HelloFresh. And Bing. people people are talking about it in every locker room. It's become the thing in wrestling because you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Means you can skip the trip to the grocery store. HelloFresh is somebody you can count on to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. They've got pre-portioned ingredients to help you cut down on food waste and step-by-step instructions to make cooking a breeze. And I have to admit, I'm pretty handy with a grill, but I was a little overwhelmed with this idea. And then I realized, hey, this is better than me going to the grocery store because first, I don't know what to get. And then I don't know how much to get. And then I stress out about, did I miss the wrong thing? We've all got that call from our wife where they say, Hey, on your ride home, will you swing by and pick up so-and-so? I forgot it. That never happens here. In addition to that, with me and my wife, we're like, well, I'm not sure if I want this one or this one. I guess I'll get both. We don't eat both. We only eat one. Listen, they make it easy. They make it fast. And the instructions, dude, it's, it's like a, a kid's coloring book. Almost. It's so simple. Like you can't screw this up. I cannot recommend it enough. And it's also going to do this. It's going to get you out of your rut. And we all get in this pattern where we're sort of eating the same things over and over and over, but they're going to get you to try some new stuff, including like fun, hangout, crowd, pleasing summer stuff like backyard bratwurst bars and tangy key lime pies. And they've got everything you're looking for. By the way, it comes from the farm to your door in less than seven days. So it's not just a gimmick. It really is fresh. They've got over a hundred different items for you to look at at the HelloFresh market. They've got something for everybody and every lifestyle. Maybe you're looking for calorie smart. Maybe you want a protein smart lunch. Maybe you want a vegan dinner, whatever you're looking for. You can count on more free time because they're going to make it easy. They're going to eliminate the guesswork and you can count on fresh and tasty food. They've got 40 recipes to choose from every single week. You'll never get bored. And by the way, HelloFresh has their fast and fresh recipes. We're talking 15 minutes or less and you're done. 
Not only is it faster, it's also cheaper. How much cheaper? 25% cheaper than takeout from quality proteins and fresh produce and something for every lifestyle. It's no wonder that HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. I was blown away. It tastes great. It's good for you. And you get exactly what you want and nothing else. Go right now to hellofresh.com slash myworld50 and use the code myworld50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash myworld50. Use that code myworld50. You'll get 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. So let's talk about coach Rosie, our man hanging out with the rest of the ad free shows crew. Greatly appreciate them turning up for us today. We've got, uh, uh Joe Morris, who's going to become one of the best independent referees around or uh, managers around. He absolutely crushed it. A top guy tussle Michael's with us and uh, Eric's with us. Uh, of course we've got uh, our man, John Hickson hanging out. I think his kids had an absolute blast at uh, top guy weekend. Richie Ray is with us. Darren is, is in the house. Shout out to Carl and Brian and uh, coach Rosie is firing off a question here. Uh, and he wants to know based on your multiple business interviews, what is a characteristic that is often overlooked by people you're speaking to? So you've had to interview people for different jobs and you've certainly interviewed for different gigs. I don't think he's talking about a promo standpoint. He's wanting to know from a business hiring and firing type standpoint. What is something you think is overlooked in that conversation that I've overlooked or just in general general overlook, or if you have one that you think, man, I wish I would have now as an adult with a little bit more seasoning and experience, I wish I would have thought to say, or ask this. It comes with time and wisdom, but as a young man, I didn't have the wherewithal to really think through it. So hell, I damn sure didn't want to. Uh, or didn't ask others, but I believe the ability to stay calm in the storm is emotional intelligence. Um, help me out, Conrad. I'm just trying to think. Just it, it, Murphy's Law is going to happen, and when mm-hmm. it goes south and you think you've righted the ship, it, it's just like – we were talking off all before we got rolling here tonight uh, about one of our friends, Conrad, just the expectations, you know, no matter how things are going good or the plan is in place and you're going to get criticized, things are going to go South. Mm -hmm. And when they go South, how are you going to react to circumstances that you cannot control? I just kind of think having the ability to stay calm in the storm is huge. And I think, you know, when things are going right, it's easy to be creative and things. It's easy to be productive and to get along with folks and all that. Just, and I don't even know if I'm answering this really right, but just that ability to kind of stay calm in the storms of day-to-day business. Because if you have that freak out button and you hit it so many times, that's a drag. That 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 is a no bueno in business. Uh, Michael wants to know on this past rampage from Edmonton on the graphic during your introduction, it said the last time you wrestled in Edmonton was as a tag team with Owen Hart. 
Do you remember that match? And what was it like going back to wrestle in a city you hadn't wrestled in in that long of a time? You know, what was really cool is, is that I, um, Edmonton, uh, I think I've wrestled there four or five times. Uh, Alex Marvez, good buddy, super smart. Uh, but he's a historical and he's like, you got a great Google machine, but yes, I remember the match, uh, me and Owen, but there's a couple of different footnotes. A guy jumped the ring, uh, when me and, um, Brian, uh, road dog were working against Scott Hall, a Mark jumped the ring, a cowboy and, um, get Brian to tell you that story, but it caught me off guard, but, uh, we took care of him. Let's just say that little old school while the other little footnote out of Edmonton that I, I'll never forget is that, um, we had a show in Edmonton and this is before I really became a Nashville predators. I don't say diehard fan, but hockey was new to Nashville. Obviously I didn't wasn't born and raised on it, but we had a show in Edmonton the day Wayne Gretzky retired. And he was given his speech and backstage, you know, this is obviously way before cell phones where everybody had a screen, but there was a TV, uh, in the backstage area. And, you know, there was a big crowd around it. Some of the wrestlers, but it was mainly building staff and people and all that. But I was kind of reading their faces like, wow. And to kind of see grown men, they weren't crying, but they were emotional and they were glued to it. And there were a couple of hush, hush. I want to hear all that. So a uh, lot of memories in, in Edmonton, but yes, I remember the tag. It was, a, a, you know, it, it was on the loop and me and Owen, you know, fun tags all, all the time, nothing special that night with, with Owen. Uh, but I do remember multiple shows in Edmonton, you know, um, one of my favorite memories of Edmonton is we had to, me and Kevin Nash got in the car after a show and we had to drive back to Calgary to catch the flight. Um, and the, you know, in the summertime, Conrad, have you ever been to Edmonton? I've never been to Canada. Okay. When we left dynamite Wednesday night off the air at whatever eight, but then uh, rampage was on after that. Anyway, we walked outside it. 10 o'clock at night, Conrad, it's complete daylight. It doesn't really get dark to about 11 ish. And, uh, you know, this is, we're in the dead of summer, but me and Kevin got in the car and, um, you know, it was so midnight, it was getting dark and we can remember, I can remember the guy in the building said, Hey man, you're going to see, cause Kevin was asking about, it. I'd never heard about, you know, the Northern lights and all that kind of stuff. It's mesmerizing that time of year and you just kind of see, it looks like it's a bunch of spotlights. It's hard to describe, but, um, Evan is a cool space. It is very far North. You know, a lot, a lot of folks will say, hell, it ain't as far North as Alaska, and which is not, but, um, it's, it's way up there. And it's a, you know, the, the sunset sunrise in, in the dead of summer and the dead of winter, you know, they got like seven hours of daylight in the winter and, 15 16 17 18 in the summer so pretty cool i like edmonton a lot and what a uh, venue they have now the rogers place oh my god state of the art and it's edmonton oiler craziness up there here's one from joe how many takes for the beetlejuice guitar hit uno i was gonna say <laughs> we had that right 
Um, God Almighty, it's amazing, Conrad, how much play that thing still gets. And at the time, it was just like a fun little throwaway backstage segment. Who would have known? Yes, thanks to the internet, we would have never guessed social media would be a thing. And here we would be. I knew you'd put a button. It, that, that was the deal. When we did it, it was a segment. Howard Stern loved it the next day. Next week, it was forgot about. Yeah. yeah. But thanks to the internet, come on. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Bryant says, Slammiversary 06, you win the King of the Mountain match and win the NWA title back while climbing the ladder. Fans start throwing bottles and trash at you. What are you thinking when all that stuff is flying at you? And is that the most heat you've ever personally gotten? It is not the most heat I ever personally got, but it was as a performer. And this is 06. So we had been in the impact zone two years. And, you know, uh, I mean, I don't say from day one, but early in it, people, and I'm saying, not just saying, uh, you know, there was the, the underbelly of, oh, it's a studio audience. Oh, it just crepe hangers and, and people that, want to find something to complain about I, I you know my mindset was the regulars that came you know every show and then the park guests made for a good mix because sometimes the people were in there it was their first time sometimes to ever see a wrestling show but they were so energized and enthusiastic and screaming and yelling but they were kind of being guided by the regulars who knew what was going on but when the first couple of things that were thrown in the ring, I knew, okay, this is, this is heat. This is, this is heat. And then it just coming. I'm like, okay, this can get dangerous. Uh, but no, it was, um, that's a fun one to watch back. And Marcus, maybe, uh, when we, uh, stretch this out on social media, it would be a, a good little clip because, you know, in the nitro days, the NWO, NWO days, that, that, that was kind of crazy. Yes, it's dangerous. I'm not saying I'm encouraging and all this, but the spontaneous heat NWO. I remember sitting at home watching that. It's it's something that it's the magic of live television combined with professional wrestling. You know, you you may see it in a football game in the Philly, you know, uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles games or something like that. But it just, it, it, it's a, it's raw emotion that just screams through the camera. Uh, yes. Uh, in Mexico is probably where I've had the most heat. Uh, uh, a friend of ours, I shouldn't say his name cause he works somewhere else, but a friend of ours sent me some clips of you walking to and from the ring in Mexico when you had crazy heat, so much trash, so loud. It's amazing. I don't even think you're fluent in Spanish. You're hated in every language. Hate is a universal language that you have mastered. Conrad, during that era, when that Brie Wu music, is that, is that the right way to say it? The Brie Wu? <laughs> <laughs> you love that, don't you? No, I love no. that this has existed for years and you had no idea. And now you just casually drop it in. Oh, yeah, that's the Brie Wu. But when my music would hit Mexico, the people, it was a, it, it, it's a boo, but it's like, oh, that this, I mean, just, and then when we walked through the curtain, I say we, me and Karen, it was just like, oh boy. Yeah. That's, um, but you know, it can be, it can be very dangerous and have to, you know, 
Karen's like, what the hell have you got me into out here? They're throwing stuff and all that. But yes. How long did it take you to get her comfortable being a mega heel? Because that's, that's not something people can just, it's not like you're like in second grade and you're like, one day I want everyone to hate me. Like, that's not a thing. You know what I mean? And, and she is a natural at it. And I'm sure it's because she had a great teacher, but it has to go against like, just the way your mind normally works is most of us want to be people pleasers. And you're like, okay, stop all that. Go the 180 degrees, the other direction. And she's just fantastic at it. I mean, she has it down pat, but she can turn it off too. It's not like she's like that in real life. How was that a process for her to get comfortable with that mentally? I'd love for her to answer that question, but I think it goes without saying that she's naturally charismatic and can cut a promo. I, I, that that I think that's a, a gift of God to her. But as far as the heel persona, when we did the angle uh, and the storyline in TNA with with Kurt and all that evolved, but then going to Mexico and kind of evolving that character down there and and her kind of watching me like kind of respond and you know there would be times and i'll say that maybe i tipped a canoe a couple of times that's that's in the 4000 2014 15 but in those early days she's like what the hell are you doing you're crazy out there and i said honey i'm working that's that that that's by design yes I, if if you believe it then i know the people are believing it and then i just think and i don't want to take credit because she's so gifted and talented but i think she being right there close to it uh even at rick flair's last match <laughs> jay lethal whispers over to her and says he's lost his mind what in the hell is he doing you know th- that that jay's my partner um but you know she knew how to join in i'll tell you little pull on the curtain back in Vegas this year at double or nothing. There were some folks after Vegas that came up to me and Karen and was like, they had no idea that they're like, we didn't know what to expect of you being a performer. You know, we, we saw the thing a couple of weeks before with FTR, but all of a sudden the arena is chanting F you Karen, F you Karen. And you just kind of played right into it. And Karen looks at the guy, the production, I'll leave him nameless. She's like, you darn right. I did. Um, but I think those things get lost in today's translation, but it doesn't get lost with me and Karen. It, it because it is, I just think the people it's what we do. It, it's it, when I say we, the entertain that the professional wrestling it's, it's people Giving fair one way or another, making exchanging emotional uh energy energy and bandwidth. Yeah. Uh Steven has a great question. He, he doesn't mean it this way, so we're gonna pivot. He wants to know if you can describe Vince's house. You got the invite to Vince's house before, no? Yeah. Well, most of us have heard about oh, then I got the meeting with the old man at his house. Some people say that meant he thought more of you than if he had the meeting at the office. I don't know, but people are always curious about Vince McMahon behind the scenes. Tell us about Vince's house. I'm the world's worst to, to, to describe style and Victorian versus modern. It, it's a nice Greenwich, Connecticut house. 
Was there a bunch of wrestling shit on the inside? Hell no. So, uh, he has oil paintings of himself. We've seen that. And we all think that's hilarious. Uh, anything else stand out to you as being interesting or notable or different? Very nice furnishings. You, you just, you can tell when something is, and if it wasn't worth a lot, it damn sure looked like it or, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just very, very nicely furnished. I'll just say that. Uh, Leland Patterson wants to know, Hey Jeff, could you explain what going to a show at the impact zone was like from a fan perspective? Like how did ticketing work and were there any special or weird rules once you got inside the impact zone as a fan? It's pretty simple. And, and the, the, the thing that was, um, I don't want to say it was frustrating, but because I understood it, but, um, so you arrive at universal studios, Orlando, uh, boy, I used to know that whole spiel that they like for you to say, but you, you know, you park and, uh, you walk into city walk and city walk has gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting it, but there's actually two parks at universal studios. There's two different parks and in the middle of it is city walk and in city walk, you follow the signs and you go to soundstage 21, uh, holding area. And you, that's how we would let folks in. The key was when things were really rocking and rolling is they would only let us in. Not everybody got in that, that came in that because they wanted the wrestling to be part of, they called a park experience. So you had two lines. You had a line that were folks that were just coming to see the wrestling. And then um, it, it, once you got inside the park, and a lot of people with uh, season uh, season passes to Universal Studios, and that's really was the only way to get, this is a little insider, the only way to guarantee that you got in is that you bought a season pass, went in through the gates. You didn't have to ride anything, but you go through the gates and then you go around to that second, the, the, the other line and get in line because those folks that came through the park were guaranteed to get in and watch some of the show. Um, so there were two ways to, to come in. Um, you know, now with, uh, you know, we, we're not doing it currently, but AEW and they've kind of changed their entire mantra that used to be called soundstage, uh, the, the back lot universal studios back lot. And it was something that nothing was forward facing or advertised or anything like that. Now they've got, uh, PFL in there. They had AEW all paid tickets. You, you buy tickets through websites. They had VIP experiences. They had an open bar. Things have changed. Uh, over the last 15 years, but, um, I just think it's an incredible built in. You have everything you need. The studios are sound stages. They're huge. You know, it's, you can really, you know, you, to get the, a thousand people a little over in a sound stage, you can make a lot of noise, make great TV, but, uh, yeah, that was the that kind of the, the down and dirty way to get in. Uh, lovely Lance wants to know, does Jeff have any crazy buddy Landell stories to tell? Crazy. Oh, buddy was a trip, man. Um, I, I mean, so I break in April of 86 and he's him and Dundee were the first, first guys to really beat the shit out of me. Um, but he was 
easy to work with. Well, for the next, what was it? Six months or so. Anyway, they were around buddy and bill didn't ride together every, every night. Um, buddy would do his own thing. And many a night he would show up not just late, but like bell time late. And that was kind of one of the first times that I kind of witnessed a guy that could literally walk in off the street, go to the ring and tear the house down, come back, get him a shower and he's out the door all within certainly wasn't an hour, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Oh my. Yeah. Buddy was something else. God rest his soul. Uh, but just so talented and, and I, that, Look, I'm an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid watching a guy walk in off the street and go to the ring and really not know anything and about they haven't talked, they haven't even had time to talk about it. And Dundee is being his partner and Dundee letting him know what the finish is and how we're gonna do it. But when you watched it, I was just like, damn, this guy's good. Really good. Hey guys, Tony Shivani. Need to call a timeout real quick. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling what happened when listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening over on adfreeshows.com. On a new edition of The Insiders, Conrad sits down with former Turner Finance executive Dirty Dick Cheatham, talking about the internal war between WCW and Turner and the Monday Night War with the WWF. And my assistant said, hey, you're not going to believe who's down there. I said, who, who? She says, China's down there. And said, what are you talking about? Yeah. And, uh, and I went over to her window and looked at us, hey, the whole, you know, all of the eggs is down there. Get the camera. <laughs> so, so we went down there. And of course, they were the eggs exactly what was down there in the fight with security. On a bonus episode of My World, Double J watches back his tag team championship match against FTR and breaks down the hilarious Briscoe farm skit that preceded it. And they said, can y'all be in the background talking? And the four of us are down there, really, just you know, all four of us. But lethal and Sanjay I said we gotta start being silly I just started strumming the guitar and Sanjay <laughs> started bouncing that baby and Sanjay and him started doing the dose to dough I think this is I don't know this is the funniest but I still think it's, it's a, hilarious it's a complete ad lib but it played to you know the line he said them clowns and we're down there dancing <laughs> perfect <laughs> perfect that's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you with four levels to choose from see for yourself my ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. Let me ask you something. Um, I'm curious if you've seen it, because I know you keep up with all the wrestling stuff. That's like even on the fringe. Have you seen Blue Cane online? I've seen the name recently on Twitter, and I don't want to get into the middle of the thing, but has Ryback tweeted about him? He has, uh, and, and he's actually, as we're recording, he's tweeted that where he tweeted, uh, the day before I want to shell shock blue cane. He says for $25,000, I'll take on blue cane in my return match. I've defeated big red machine cane corporate cane. And I, I must know if I can defeat the snow powers of blue cane and blue cane responded. For $250, I will take on non-red Ryback, uh, which I love. But I guess Blue Cane is becoming a thing. And as I understand it, Cardona is itching to have this match too. 
And I think it really proves a point that you've been trying to make for quite a while that if used properly, talent can talent today oh. can really make a name for themselves on social media. Like Blue Cane, I didn't know was a thing a handful of months ago. And now people are talking about Blue Cane. And when you really think about this, it's a cane gimmick, except blue where it was red. Let's not overthink it. This is silly, but people are paying attention to it. And I think that's fantastic. So help me out here, Conrad. Does he have a Twitter handle? Yes, he does. Uh, blue cane underscore. Okay. If you're not uh, sure I, what we're talking about. He's from Antarctica. That's where he's okay. claiming to be from, of course. <laughs> okay. I bet if you go to that Twitter page, you don't see that he had a ham sandwich and you don't no. see him out grilling out and he didn't go to this movie and he's not criticizing this politician and no. he doesn't like this basketball game or this team or whatever it may be. It is blue cane all the way in character, right? Yes. I would say he's not confusing them. So he's not losing them. This is the persona that's getting the buzz. That's why I just think social media can be such a cluster of wait, is this guy a good family guy or is he anyway, I don't know if that's making sense. So, uh, blue cane. Hey, you mentioned him. I wanted to ask you about Ryback since you mentioned him. What do you think about Ryback uh, teasing a return? I guess he's been working on some nagging injuries, taking a long time off to get his body right. And, uh, he's threatening a comeback. I think he's even been campaigning for a match against Goldberg. Uh, or would you be surprised to see right? I mean, listen, he's been pretty loud and proud on social about not, you know, being super thrilled with WWE. Uh, what do you think we should expect from Ryback? If you were a betting man, you've seen this I, sort of thing. Before. I, I didn't know he's injured. Well, I don't think he was like officially like, oh, I can't hurt work because I got this or that. He had nagging stuff. Like, oh, you know, I, I can't imagine if you're in wrestling for any amount of time and taking bumps and traveling, like it's just inevitable. So he has taken that really, really seriously, as I understand it, and has gotten all the kinks worked out and thinks he's at his physical peak now and he's ready to make a return. And I know that, you know, there's a certain section of the internet that says, I don't like Rayback because of his Twitter or whatever. Uh, but you can't argue that back in the day, he popped a rating with punk back with the tail end of pay-per-view before the network was a thing. I mean, he was doing, he sold tickets. He popped a buy rate and. They pivoted to the shield. So the sort of the, the whole undefeated streak came to an end. I guess the shield thing worked out. It didn't work out as well from then on for Ryback, but man, that, uh, he had momentum once upon a time. Do you think we can catch lightning in a bottle again? What do you think of Ryback? I, look in this day and age, we'll go back to our social media. He's obviously polarizing. Yes. That sells tickets. That's it. Thank you. I, I just, I think it's really that simple. I think there's a section of, of the audience who wants to see Ryback, but there might be a bigger section of the audience that's decided they don't like Ryback. Like Fantastic. a lot of people, <laughs> even better. That's yeah. the Jeff Garrett way. I love it. Yeah. It, it, let me ask you, we were talking names, Enzo. Yes. Polarizing. Yes. That's it, it's funny how the opinions can become so polarizing. As if that's a bad thing. Right. Yeah, okay. It's not a bad thing. It's a that great was... thing. Um, 
here's one from Karan uh, with the talent pool that AEW has amassed, including the purchase of ring of honor. Is it time for them to create a hall of fame and who would double J ask to induct him? Now, of course, maybe that's premature to have an AEW hall of fame where we induct you, but when we do a quote unquote ring of honor hall of fame, and Tony makes that a, a much bigger deal. Uh, there's a handful of guys that would belong there. I guess the question is, do you think that whether it's WWE or AEW, do you think a physical hall of fame can be a big attraction? I know there's one in Waterloo, Iowa. I'm going later this month nwhof.org. Hope you guys yeah. will come join us. Yeah. But do you think that it could be, uh, could it be inside of a universal studios or something like that? I could probably take a deck out of here. I, I believe it goes to the pop culture, uh, conversation that we're no longer we're so generationally gone from oh it's it's that niche product or whatever it may be like we said earlier bad bunny logan paul but i mean you can go down the whole list walter payton's been involved joe lewis muhammad ali liberace i mean me and you could andy kaufman i mean there is such a history of our industry that goes now it's it's kind of crazy to even say this, but three generations, it went, we'll call it mainstream in the eighties. And, you know, uncle Dave, Dave Meltzer could, could probably really put together, you know, the, a historical that he's really, really good at, but just kind of all that, but a physical hall of fame, look, location, location, location. Now we're getting into business, uh, mindsets, but a, Orlando mm -hmm. is to me the spot. The spot. Matter of fact, I'll go ahead and say it. There is a spot right in Universal City Walk where NBA Jam used to be. I knew you were going to say that. I think the same thing. I think we may have even talked about this because I've been down there before and it's like, you know, the NBA. I don't think there's a ton of NBA fans. I think there's a ton of Chicago bulls fans and blah, 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 but that gets more and more regional. When you say a wrestling or a WWE, maybe more specifically hall of fame. Well, that appeals. Like there's a lot of people who would say I'm a WWE fan. I think there's just a much bigger pool. I'm with you. I think it would work and it would work right there in Orlando in that building. Yeah. The interactive, uh, concepts, that could be put together a, mm -hmm. a, a fringe, almost a non, like, let me ask you this, Conrad, are you a big dolphin fan? And I'm not saying the Miami dolphins, I'm talking about whales and dolphins and that, you know, the, the mammal. I mean, what? no, I'm not a 55 year old woman, but they love them. No, but no, I'm just saying like sea world. When you go, mm. you're like, Oh God, look at that. that. Sure. I mean, the family would go to. Yes there's just different things. Same with, look, I don't love roller coasters, but if I'm going to go to universal studios, I'll the Harry Potter simulator or whatever it may be. If you're headed to Orlando to take a walk through a hall of fame and see all these different kind of things, bad bunny to football players. To, I mean, there's so many interactive and displays you could do. Yeah. The interactive piece is the, is what they got to dial in. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think once upon a time, Hunter said something like you don't want to see necessarily just a bunch of frame trunks. And I get that. 
Yep. You do need some interactive stuff. Hey, James wants to know, how did you get a part in the movie spring breakers? <sighs> Sitting at my desk at TNA got a cold email. Hey, this may be a long shot that you'll even I'm reading. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but kind of spitting back the uh, email. Um, Hey, um, this is a long shot. Uh, we got your email from so-and-so, so-and-so. Would you be interested in a, uh, part, uh, the movie stars, Selena Gomez, Vanessa Hudgens, and James Franco. Uh, please reply if, you know, if you're, if you're interested in, um, Mayfield casting, uh, out of LA. And I'm like, okay. Is some morning at DNA. I'll fire this back and see if this is BS. Anyway, we had a half hour exchange of emails and they said, would you do a read for us? Uh, and then I emailed back. I'm like, yeah, what, what's the deal? And then they went into Val Kilmer was originally cast for this, but his schedule is now doing another movie. So there's no possibility. We're looking for a youth pastor that, uh, could maybe moonlight as a professional wrestling. And we're told that you may be, you know, good for this role. Okay. They sent that Rudy Charles, my man, our man, Danny Engler was there that day. And I said, Hey, let's, uh, go do this. Uh, and, um, it's crazy cell phone, uh, on our camera. I did a little table read with Rudy filming it. I emailed that back to them. In about 12 hours, because I had to schedule all this by that night, because here, here was what's crazy. I'd already planned a trip with Karen and the kids. We were going on spring break. So for no. instead of us flying from Nashville to Nassau, Atlantis, ironically, Conrad, um, we went from Nash, Na, uh, Nashville to Tampa and went down to St. Pete. They put us up. Uh, it was yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we left Saturday afternoon. Went to Nassau, but we filmed it in a two-day shoot, and it literally was kind of so bizarre how all that came together. That's super fun. Yeah, uh, Craig has a great hypothetical. I know you love these. It's the regional territory days, and you have to build a territory with 1978 to 1985 talent. Who would be your top three faces and top three heels to draw asses in the seats and why? 78 to 85. 78 to 85. And this is, I mean, I, I, there's going to be like, well, why didn't you pick this guy? I'm going to go. Lawler's where? Uh, I, I'm going to go. Let me do baby faces first. Okay. Kerry Von Eric. Dusty Rhodes. Andre. Oh, gosh. I, oh, man. Lawler, Flair, and Andre is heels. Okay. Carrie, Dusty. Funk. Wait. I mean, th this may be, you may disqualify me on this. By 1985, Hulk Hogan selling out in every building in the world. Yeah. I mean, he got, I would say he was really hot 83, 84, 85. That's what I thought. So, but he kind of feels this guy, 
James wanted territories, right? Yes, 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 yes. So, so I, I think that, that may be – we may get disqualified from James. So Piper? Ooh. Boy, did Savage? he – Savage? I, I was going to say Piper and Savage. So, there, there's, so let's recast it. Your three baby faces are – Carrie, Dusty, and Andre. I'm flipping Andre. Carrie, Dusty, and Andre. And then on the heel side, we've got Savage, Lawler, and Flair. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. Can you imagine that as a six man tag? That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Have you watched The Dark Sides this year? Man, let me just give you a spoiler. I know uh, folks have an opportunity to watch tonight. Watch the Adrian Adonis episode. My God, what an episode. Really? I learned stuff. A lot of times when I watch dark side, it feels like I've, I I know this, I've heard this, but there are so many new things I didn't know about the Adrian Adonis story. I loved it, but yes, I think they're doing a great job this year, but I think I I can't wait. You've already, so, uh, it's a little domesticated Jeff, um, when was this last? Anyway, it was Sunday. I had like a couple hours, whenever it was my OCD. I said, you know what? The garage is a little doors have been open anyway. So I cleaned out the garage and I'm like, okay, well I'm out there. I'm going to listen or watch something. The me and Matt Bourne for a short period of time were partners in Texas, but I watched that and I, I, I knew a lot of that story, but the Graham story, mm-hmm. Eddie Graham was, my dad's hero and mentor and he looked up to him and so many, uh, my dad would tell me so many philosophies and thought processes came from Eddie. I mean, he, he really, really thought a lot of Eddie's business acumen and his mind. And, and we've talked about this on uh, previous episodes, but that episode, when we, when they dug into the mental health and there's five, mm-hmm. That, that was just, oh my God, just devastating. But, but Eddie's kind of rise Chattanooga boy who dominated Florida, his run in Florida, it just, they did a great job of cap, uh, you know, all that, but the story on crazy Luke Graham, had you ever heard that before? No. Brother, was that crazy? A lot of great stuff. Check out Dark Side Tuesday nights on Vice. Tonight, I think, is one of their best episodes ever. Uh, I know the key to life is managing expectations, but I just, I've told so many people in my real life about it. I was lucky enough to get a screener. I just think they just hit a home run on Adonis. Wow. Uh, Richie Ray wants to know what was the working deal with ICP to have TNA stars at the gathering of the Juggalos, JCW versus TNA? I love the boys. Whoop, whoop. ICP. Um, they were, I, 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 and I may be getting timelines, but the first time I was around ever around them was when they were a part of the, um, what was the group in the WWF at the time? The oddities. Um, oddities. Yes. That, so all that. So I, I'd met them there and, and began to understand, I will say what a juggalo was. Uh, but in the early days of TNA, we had a, you know, Scott DeMorris from Windsor, but that's essentially right across the river, uh, right across the border from Detroit. 
Chris Saban, a pretty big Detroit contingent. That's ICP's base. So however it came about, they were part of the asylum days in and out. Uh, but, it, you know, they were in the gathering. They wanted us there. Uh, you know, I say us. There was a, a different group. And it was just really a reciprocal. They did our shows. Yeah, will, will you come do it? I mean, Rudy Charles, uh, there's some uh, wrestling at midnight. <laughs> I mean, there is some crazy, crazy. Conrad, I'll say this. Let me just give you a little softball here, okay? The next time we do a live show, Get me to tell the ICP story. Okay. That's what I need to hear. Uh, that tells me that we got some good stuff and you know what? <laughs> I'm sure that that means that, uh, there were some close calls and maybe you're looking for one this summer. How about manscapes cannonballs this summer? It's not about the size of those cannonballs. It's about making a splash with our friends at manscaped prep for barbecue season by making sure your grill master has the hottest dogs this summer's ever seen. And when you're at the cookout, let the meat speak for itself with Manscaped's performance package 4.0. It's time to get ready and not sweaty by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code MYWORLD for 20% off and free shipping. Listen, here's what we want to avoid. We want to avoid you getting some color <clears throat> on your ball bag. That's why you need the performance package 4.0. It's everything you need to guarantee you're going to have mouth watering treats at the party. Can't believe this is real. The lawnmower 4.0 is what it's all about. Daddy cutting edge ceramic blade. Going to make sure you got that advanced skin safe technology. No nicks or snags or tugs on your ball bag. Son, you got a 7,000 RPM motor. You got a multifunction on off switch. So it even has a travel lock. So you won't be vibrating your way to Puerto Rico. And it gives you a 4,000 K led light. If you've never seen your balls under a 4,000 K led light, I highly recommend it. Did I mention this is also waterproof? Shave your sack at the beach. As long as it's a private beach, I think that's illegal. Do it in your own pool. If you do it at the hotel pool, you'll probably get kicked out. Uh, or just try it in the shower. That's what Jeff does. He shaves his sack in the shower every time. You can ask Taz, uh, the, uh, Jeff Jarrett, little known fact, is known behind the scenes as Smooth Sack Jones. Uh, and it's because he is shower sack Jones. Thanks to manscaped. I want to mention the crop preserver ball deodorant. Uh, Tony, uh, Shivani used to work the drive through at Starbucks. He put this ball deodorant on and within hours, Tony Khan called, and now he is the voice of wrestling. Once again, uh, the manscaped, uh, boxers are fantastic. And the shed travel bag is uh, a staple in JR's traveling. How about the shears 2.0? It's a luxury nail grooming kit. It's got everything you need. You got stainless steel nail cutters, the tweezers, even grooming scissors. How about the crop mops? This is something Tony Schiavone tells me he does during those marathon AEW tapings. Just go freshen up those balls. You never know what might happen later, but you want to be ready. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code MYWORLD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just be sure to use that promo code MYWORLD, manscaped, the perfect way to get your patties sizzling this hot summer smooth sack Jones slap nuts himself. Uh, here's one from, uh, Adam. He wants to know from one Hendersonville, Tennessee finest to another, aside from possibly Owen, who is your favorite person to tag with? So besides Owen, who's your favorite tag team partner? Me, Jay lethal. I, I just gotta, I mean, it's uh, yes, it may be low hanging fruit. And I can tell you as a kid growing up, 
when I got to team with my father, that was a bucket list. I just thought, uh, cause when I was breaking in, I really didn't think that was an option. And six months later, boom, it, whatever, it, within a year teaming with Lawler, I learned an absolute ton. Uh, Robert Fuller is another guy who taught me, I mean, a, a whole lot, but you know, Billy Travis and Pat Tanaka and just through the years, lots of them. But my personal relationship with, with, uh, with Jay dating back to early TNA days and then the black machismo days and the TNA days. And then the story that took place organically last summer and hats off to you, Connie, <laughs> how his real authentic relationship with flair in Tampa and how all that went down. And then, you know, the press conference we did here and how all that went down and the attempted murder, but no, I don't want to make this a joke about it, but all that. And then me and Jay teaming in my hometown, in that arena with Karen on that night, I just, it, it, it there was a lot for me personally, there's a lot of magic that took place there. Um, both on and off camera. I thought it was special. And I really thought that that was, you know, folks may or may not remember correctly. You know, I was a special guest referee the night before at SummerSlam at Titan Stadium in the Crazy. match. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was pretty cool. And then the very next night, within 24 hours, I'm doing that. And then Conrad, in a lot of ways in my mind, it was, I, I had really thought, because I, to quick recap, got in shape, did the GCW thing, did the NWA thing, getting those calls. All of a sudden, okay, wow, back full-time, live events, uh, WWE, you know, go to the Cape Dorado show, all that. But now we've got this, and Conrad, you remember when, when I accepted the position, kind of where's all that going to stand and Next thing you know, it happens. But when I left the arena that night, Kid Rock and all those, it was just cool. But in my mind, okay, we'll kind of see where the wrestling business takes us. But I was, you know, and we talked about it on here. I mean, that's a Sunday night. The following morning, I got up and went to work. I mean, it was diving off back into live events and how things transpired. And for AEW, specifically Tony, to kind of give that opportunity with Jay, it's, uh, we have great, not good, in my opinion, we have great chemistry. So Jay is is actually right there outside Owen. Uh, Ty wants to know, what's the best promo advice you can give for an upcoming wrestler? Less is more. Mm. Just, I mean, that... It, Real quick, f figure out what you want to say. I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago that don't produce yourself. Come up with the rule of three to me to, is so appropriate. Come up with three bullet points. If there's any more than that, you, it's just you're going to lose the folks. You, you're not going to get your message. And look, once you get some time under your belt, and you have the ability to, to, you know, to me, Cena, 
may be the greatest modern era promo because he's just magnetic and he can talk for five minutes and not lose folks. It's a very, very rare skill set to be able to do that. So keep it tight. Three bullet points. Know what you're going to say and say it with emotion and be done. You keep there is what you talk about diminishing returns. And I know I'm probably being hypercritical, but I think you see it just about every show diminishing returns. Once you get to, I don't know, uh, over three is diminishing returns unless you're really, really captivating and got a good story to talk about. Yeah. You got to have uh, the stars aligned a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Philip has a great question. He says, what event during TNA would you like to relive again, solely based on the atmosphere in the building? Is there one event you'd like to go relive quantum leap style? You're going to blink and boom. You're in that TNA moment in the crowd, in an arena. Trying to think. The early asylum that raved. Oh, you know what? Me and Kurt in Wembley Arena. Mm. The people were on fire. It was. Yeah, I'll go that one. Uh, and, you know, I had behind the scenes as far as getting that promoted and all that kind of stuff. That's 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 right up there. Is he is Kurt your greatest? Is he on your Mount Rushmore of opponents for me? Yes. For you, Sean mm -hmm. Lawler. Yeah. Kurt. One more. Oh boy. And I don't know. We, we, we had, you know, some give and take there in 96, but. As it stands, I am the last person to put over Ric Flair. That's. What do you mean? As it stands, he ain't doing it again. <laughs> like, Hey, never say never. It's your I'm relative. Saying, I'm saying never. He ain't doing it again. Come on. Okay. Uh, but what would you say? I mean, do you, where do you put Rick on my opponents? Just, just oh, I, I wouldn't have him on the list. Okay. I, 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 but I, I'm trying to think Scott Hall. Lawler. I mean, listen, just because of the, the, the famous part of the match and just history, I think a lot of people would say China even ah. in one match, just because that was such a memorable moment in wrestling, like not just for women's wrestling or the intercontinental title, but just your story. Like, I think that match is pretty significant. And I know you were probably thinking too, as far as just like in-ring opponents. And, and I totally get that from a Kurt Angle and a Jerry Lawler and a, and a Shawn Michaels. But I think from a fan perspective, we would probably put China on there. The significance. Yes. In 99 man versus woman. And I'm not saying we were the first. I don't, but, but on that stage for a, a major men's title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said, Connie. Well said. Just, just cause you, you know, you think of the intercontinental champions, historical perspective, savage Brett. I mean, you know, what a lineage. 
yeah i'm with you well i'm excited man i had a lot of fun asking jeff anything we're going to put a button on today's episode next week though i'm excited to be back i think we're going to be talking about uh, slam anniversary 2017 and what a moment in time this was oh, you know it's it's one of those deals where you know you're um you know a different place in your life you find yourself for years and years at this point chugging along trying to do the global force thing now you're trying to make an impact pardon the pun with impact and uh, it's a slam anniversary 15 it happened in 2017 we'll talk about what happened in front of the camera and more importantly what was going on behind the camera on the show we had lax with santana and ortiz uh, taking on drago and uh, El Hio del Ventasmo. We got Garza Jr. and Laredo Kid taking on Marafuchi and Ishimori. We've also got D'Angelo Williams and Moose taking on Chris Adonis and Eli Drake. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, EC3 working with James Storm. Jeremy Borash teaming with Joseph Park. Yeah, Jeremy Borash in a match. Taking on Josh Matthews and Scott Steiner. Alicia Edwards teaming with Eddie Edwards to take on Angelina Love and Davey Richards. Sanjay Dutt working with Low Key. Uh, Sienna taking on Rosemary. And then in our main event, Alberto El Patron taking on Bobby Lashley with King Mo in his corner. Man, you guys pulled out all the stops here in Orlando, but the bigger story is probably what's going on behind the scenes, no? I mean, that show is one of my, I've, I've said this, it's definitely in my top five as an executive producer. Okay. We, we haven't even really touched on Don West and Robert Flores. They were the announced team that were, right. in my opinion, I thought I took a pretty big gamble on that. They, yes. Robert had never done, they had never worked together. They created magic. The pros, I mean, you talk about the pro of all pros, Robert and Don, how they put that together. Um, Escobar is Phantasma. Uh, Eli Drake is obviously uh, L.A. Knight. Just yeah. the, <laughs> the card from top to bottom. Um, how it all came together, the success of the show, as far as the buzz and and you know the the I never forget folks backstage. And I know it's it's a little thing, but it was still like we turned people away that night. I get it. It's the studio, but there was a genuine interest. Let's go see this event. Um, the work that went into it and look, that was, well, I'll, I'll just say this, that the, the date of that is, was it July or June? Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, July. okay. July. So August, September in three months, I was in treatment that that's, yeah. that, that is a, um, that's a part of that story. Uh, it was my 50th birthday. Um, so yes, behind the scenes, Conrad personally and professionally, um, stress on a scale of one to 10, 11. Um, but the show and how it came off, I mean, the abyss JB, uh, Josh, Josh God almighty. Josh was great. Just Steiner. That was JB and his element. <laughs> I mean, we're going to have a fun and, and I hopefully, uh, Marcus, if you, I mean, I think there's a couple of things just in that segment alone that we ought to do. I don't say a watch along, but just little quick segments that we can comment on Dan Lambert on the lead up to it. Uh, America's top team. Um, 
Yeah, Conrad, we're going to have a blast. It's one of my favorite shows of all time, especially when I look at it in my rearview mirror. Um, it, it was, yeah, it, it, I, I'm looking forward to this, that, that podcast for a number of reasons. Uh, look, the GFW, Impact, Anthem, all that stuff that went into it. So, yeah, we're going to have fun on that one. Hey, before we get out of here, I want to ask you something that popped off uh, in the last week or so. And that was a comment from our mutual friend, the great Kevin Nash about LA night. Now we're going to talk about Eli Drake next week here on the program, but LA night is getting really, really over with this WWE crowd. Yeah. And Kevin Nash was asked about LA night and he said, am I the only one who sees an absolute rip off of the rock to the point where he cut the promo on fucking Logan Paul or whatever the fuck his name is. He said, yeah, stick it. The only thing he didn't do was turn the motherfucker sideways. Jesus Christ. Does everybody have amnesia? There's nothing original. Oh man. His promo his fucking promos. Finally, LA Knight has come back as a white guy, fucking uncle. So <laughs> I love Kevin Nash. I could read, I could listen to him, read the phone book and it would be entertaining. Uh, but I, I, I did have a laugh to myself like you did thinking, man, isn't everything in wrestling inspired by something else? Like musicians today were certainly inspired by musicians of the past. If you listen to hip hop, you'll hear a lot of samples and you'll certainly hear popular songs being redone. Like the Whitney Houston song that crushed or the Chris Stapleton song that crushed somebody else wrote that they just redid it and, and it, and it hit. And I think that applies to wrestling too, uh, where you borrow from this guy and that guy and Look at all the people that Ric Flair inspired or the superstar Billy Graham inspired on and on. I'm just curious from your perspective. And for that matter, even Ric Flair, the nature boy, he wasn't the first one like Buddy Rogers was. And anyway, I'm curious your take on a, what Kevin said and what you think of, uh, you know, just through history, a lot of wrestling and entertainment borrows from the past. No, Jerry Lawler wasn't the original King. It was, right. uh, Bobby Shane is who he looked at is kind of where, and I think, I don't think Bobby Shane was the original King. I mean, we could go on and on and on. Conrad, I recently read an article about these major, major corporations, what they started and what they are now. Yes. N Nintendo. Uh, I mean, there's so many different things, you know, they start as something and completely pivot. And that's kind of the recipe to the success is adapting as you go that, Oh, well, that didn't work. So let's try that. Um, while I'm talking about Eli Drake, when did he start Conrad? Because I think that goes into, he's not a young guy. Cause no. when he worked for us during this era, I so that's. He'll be six, 41 later this year. Okay. So six years ago. Yeah. He's 35. And I'm like. Started wrestling in 03, 20 years ago in well, Cincinnati. Yeah. And they had told me, yeah, he actually was in the WWE developmental and it didn't work out. I'm like, well, that's interesting. I, I, where did I miss, you know, th th this guy? So he's been around and by osmosis and trial and error and, and sometimes the almighty word timing doesn't work out. Sometimes it works perfect. Sometimes it doesn't work perfect at all. But to your point, absolutely. Everything is inspired in a certain way. The, the folks that can take a little inspiration here and a little inspiration there and a little inspiration there and mash it up and make it authentic to themselves. Well, then 
they're not just uber successful, but, you know, innovators, if you will, but, you know, getting into the philosophy, everything starts as a thought and you, you know, what are thoughts made of in a lot of ways, it, well, divine inspiration, but an intuitive thought, it's all kind of what you've seen before and how can I do something a little different? So, boy, Kevin, I read that and I just, I, I, it took me back to being in a car. I yes. Yes. Saying that riding down the car road and, and saying that, and, and I guarantee if he had a couple of tall ones in him, he would start doing impersonations and then we'd be really laughing our ass off. But, um, hats off to Eli or hats off to, to LA. I mean, he's told in the system. When did he go there this time? 18, 19. Yeah. I mean, after TNA, I mean, he was the TNA champ in 2018. So it, so the, it was sure. 19. Yeah, I think, but anyway, so. Oh no. 2021. Okay. He, I forgot he did that stint with uh, Billy Corgan in the studio NWA show. Okay. So dude's only been there since February of 2021. And now here he is just a little over two years later, hotter than ever. So, but here was where I was going to wrap all this up is they've given him the platform. And when you give a guy who has, look, he's been four or five characters on national TV, whatever it may be, but a seasoned guy versus a guy who's got three or four or five years in the business. That's where you can immediately tell the difference of what's well, it's like here in Nashville, the musicians that get on stage, the guys that can really, really do it. We talked about buddy Landale, the guy that the talent that can really, really do it with, with, with off the cuff. That doesn't happen by overnight. It no. takes time to develop that talent. So he's been grinding for a lot of years. Congrats to a guy who has, persistence, passion, and perseverance. Well said. And we'll be back next week talking about him from six. Yeah. Six years ago. Slammiversary 2017 on deck right here on my world. Peace. Double J Jeff Jarrett here with a few of my pals to tell you about the total nonstop savings happening over at SaveWithConrad.com. Daniel Ortiz in Angelo, Texas. We had four large financial unexpected emergencies and I knew that I needed something to give us a little more breathing room. And when he mentioned we can skip two house payments and wipe out credit card debt and loan debt. So that's exactly what I did. I called them and it did change everything. Diane, she was awesome. She was professional. And the important thing with her is she listened. That's what made all the difference in the world. She was patient. And anytime that I needed to talk to her, she was there. She texted back. It was a different experience from any other place. Well, I can tell you the difference that it made was over $80,000 for us. It freed up that much. My credit score went up 126 points with Save with Conrad, which made it an 802. My name is Daniel Ortiz, and I freed up $80,000 with SaveWithConrad.com. In my world, it doesn't get any better than five stars. Find out how much money Conrad and his team can save you by strutting over to SaveWithConrad.com. So right now, 
Strut on over to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.